Is this frequency in use? Welcome to Southgate Vibes, a selection of the latest stories direct from Southgate Amateur Radio News. I'm Steve Richards, Golf 4 Hotel Papa Echo, and in this podcast, you're going to hear my personal picks of what is happening in amateur radio and the wider world of communications. Whether you're just starting out in ham radio or an experienced operator spinning around the spectrum for those rare and sometimes strange signals, I hope you'll find something to entertain you here. Welcome to Southgate Vibes. After the excitement of our especially extended 100th edition, we're back to our usual routine. Thank you for joining me for this podcast number 101. Three items for you this time, which I hope you'll find interesting. I was recently away in the Highlands of Scotland, operating mobile on 40 metres and 80 metres and giving away those coveted worktool Britain squares. Not sure what I'm on about? Well, I'll put an item together about worktool Britain for a future podcast. But what I was going to say was that the conditions were very much noticeably better than the last time I went to Scotland, and this is all playing into the hands of Cycle 25 becoming a reality at last. Now, you may recall us telling you about the fire at the tall television and radio broadcasting mast in the North York Moors at a location called Billsdale. Well, it became clear that the fire had caused irreparable damage to the structure and that it would have to be brought down and replaced. It must be quite an exercise to safely bring down a 314-metre-high mast to the ground involving some serious forces, but the task has just been completed. BBC News reports that the Billsdale Broadcasting Mast, which was irreparably damaged by fire, has been felled in a controlled demolition. The Billsdale transmitter caught fire on the 10th of August, leaving more than 600,000 homes across Teesside, County Durham and North Yorkshire without a signal. Arkiva, which operated the 314-metre-high mast on the North York Moors, said it acted quickly to demolish it while weather conditions allowed. A temporary replacement tower is due to be made operational next week. Arkiva said that the new mast, which will stand 80 metres high, will restore TV services to more than 90% of affected households. Sections of the demolished structure have been preserved and will be examined as the investigation to determine the cause of the blaze continues. Adrian Twining, Arkiva's Chief of Operations, said that safety was their number one priority and once they had clearance to fell the mast and identified a suitable weather window, they acted quickly. The site is on remote moorland and there was around a two-kilometre perimeter that had to be secured before the mast could be brought down. Arkiva added that it would ensure the affected moorland area was restored fully whilst also taking steps to minimise the impact of the clean-up. Work to replace the mast was halted last week as wind and rain made it too dangerous for Arkiva's 100-strong team to fly helicopters or climb heights. Once the new tower goes live, it will serve 95% of homes with 70 freeview channels, with 100% coverage only resumed when a new permanent mast is installed at the site at Billsdale. 
Of the 23,000 homes still without signal until then, about half have cable, satellite or internet-based TV. The remainder will be given free set boxes and dishes or provided with internet TV. You are listening to Southgate Vibes with me, Steve, G4 Hotel Papa Echo. On a fairly regular basis, I used to have data contacts using the Olivia mode with a ham radio chum on the island of Cuba. But then, several years ago, he was suddenly never there anymore. I must admit that I thought the worst. He was of quite an age, and I just assumed he'd passed away. But now some information has emerged which may explain why he was missing from the airwaves. After a four-year wait, Cuba's amateur radio regulator, MINCOM, has finally published a detailed list of the digital modes amateurs are authorised to use, all 321 of them. Here in the UK, radio amateurs take it for granted that they can use any mode they want to with no restrictions. If a new mode comes along, we can immediately use it, no need to ask for official permission. But the situation in other countries isn't so good. Excessive bureaucracy and over-regulation in some countries can result in the regulator detailing every single mode a radio amateur is allowed to use. In the case of Cuba, this has resulted in the Ministry of Communications issuing a list of 321 digital modes that amateurs can use. The drawback with such lists is that they're never comprehensive. Some modes will get missed out, and it can be a bureaucratic nightmare to get new modes added to the list. In the case of Cuba's list, the digital voice modes C4FM, D-Star and DMR and data mode Q65 are all missing, which means amateurs aren't allowed to use them. Pavel Milanesh Costa, Charlie Oscar 7 Whiskey Tango, took to Twitter to express his exasperation. He said that in February 2017, Cuba's regulatory agency updated the ham radio regulation. Nullifying all previous ones, the regulation stated that Cuban hams can only operate the digital modes authorised on a yet-to-be-published list on the regulatory agency website. So use of all digital modes was ruled out until that list was published. The boom of FT8 and other new modes moved hams to use them, even though they were not legally authorised to do so. This caused at least one major confrontation with the authorities, with one ham radio operator being almost sanctioned for using a non-authorised digital mode. So, after four years, the list has finally been published. It's a long list, and you can spot almost all of the usual legacy modes and a few new ones, but some others are missing. For example, C4FM, D-Star... DMR and Q65. Besides the digital voice mode DMR, the others are not common in Cuba, so no big deal so far, says Pavel. Cuba has three classes of amateur radio licence. First class, which uses the prefix Charlie Oscar, can run 2,000 watts maximum. Second class, with the prefix of Charlie Mike, is a 100 watt licence. And third class, prefix Charlie Lima, uses 10 watts maximum. You're listening to Southgate Vibes with me, Steve, G4 Hotel Papa Echo. We'd love to hear from you. If you have a comment or a question, pop us over an email. Our address is vibes at southgatearc.org. That's vibes at southgatearc.org. You never know, we might feature your message in a future edition. (laughs) 
If you love your amateur radio, it can be difficult to come to terms with the fact that the age profile is rising and the general interest in the hobby is waning. This is true in almost all countries, although there was an interesting blip of additional interest during the COVID pandemic lockdowns of earlier this year. The problem, of course, is that if amateur radio is seen as not making full use of its generous spectrum allocations, the commercial nature of the world's regulators may lead them to start looking at selling bits off for profit. And there is a genuine thirst and some really big money out there amongst commercial and military users who are always vying to get more bandwidth for their activities. So it's well worth taking a look at a recently published article which tries to address the general decline in ham radio and what options may be available to reverse it. The Institute of Electrical and Electronics Engineers has published a thought-provoking article on its IEEE Spectrum pages by Julianne Pepitone, a freelance technology, science and business journalist. Titled The Uncertain Future of Ham Radio, she looks in-depth at the future of amateur radio and asks, will the amateur airwaves fall silent? Since the dawn of radio, amateur operators, hams, have transmitted on tenaciously guarded slices of spectrum. Electronic engineering has benefited tremendously from their activity, from the level of the individual engineer to the entire field. But the rise of the internet in the 1990s, with its ability to easily connect billions of people, captured the attention of many potential hams. Now, with time taking its toll on the rank of operators, new technologies offer opportunities to revitalise amateur radio, even if it's in a form that previous generations might not recognise. The number of United States amateur licenses has held at an anemic 1% annual growth for the past few years, with about 7,000 new licensees added every year, for a total of 755,430 recorded in 2018. The US regulator, the Federal Communications Commission, doesn't track demographic data of operators, but, anecdotally, white men in their 60s and 70s make up much of the population. As these baby boomers age out, the fear is that there are too few young people to sustain the amateur radio hobby. Howard Michel, Whiskey Bravo 2 India Tango X-Ray, a former CEO of the American Radio Relay League, said, It's the $60,000 question. How do we get the kids involved? The question of how to attract younger operators also reveals deep divides in the ham community about the future of amateur radio. Like any large population, ham enthusiasts are no monolith. Their opinions and outlooks on the decades to come vary widely. And emerging digital technologies are exacerbating these divides. Some hams see them as the future of amateur radio, while others grouse that they're eviscerating some of the best things about it. No matter where they land on these battle lines, however, everybody understands one fact. The world is changing. The amount of spectrum is not. And it will be hard to argue that spectrum reserved for amateur use and experimentation should not be sold off to commercial users if hardly any amateurs are taking advantage of it. The ham universe is affected by the world around it, by culture, by technology, by climate change, by the emergence of a new generation. And amateur radio enthusiasts are a varied and vibrant community of millions of operators, new and experienced and old and young, into robotics or chatting or contesting or emergency communications, excited or nervous or pessimistic or upbeat about what ham radio will look like decades from now.
The full IEEE Spectrum article is long and examines many of the arguments around the shape of future amateur radio, particularly how younger generations might be attracted to the hobby and its role in emergency communications in the community. If you want to find out more, go to spectrum.ieee.org forward slash ham hyphen radio. That's spectrum.ieee.org forward slash ham hyphen radio. It makes for sobering reading. Well, that's it for this time. You've been listening to Southgate Vibes, stories about amateur radio and the world of communications from Southgate Amateur Radio News. You can find these stories and many more daily reports at our website, southgatearc.org. Don't forget, we'd love to hear from you. You can get in touch by sending an email to vibes at southgatearc.org. So until next time, this is Steve Richards, G4 Hotel Papa Echo, signing off and wishing you best 7-3.